Hey, y'all. It's V, the tax lien strategist. Got a lot of work to do today. Um, uh, this weekend, quite a few episodes to upload. A lot of these episodes are uh, determined by some of the questions that some of the students in our class ask us. I had a very good uh, class uh, last night. And then after the class, this particular group here, they're really interesting. Everybody's really so bright and so smart and so inquisitive about things. And and they wanted to know, oh, what, you know, you. I, one thing I like about you, Miss V, is that you always um, include history. Well, that's, I mean, we have to include history in any type of class for people to understand things like this because, again, tax lien investing, while on one hand is a great thing for investors, it still um, is uh, uh, something that is not so great for property owners. And so we have to, we have to um, at least, I feel it's my duty to make sure people understand how we got here. Sure, we know that the government has to recoup. There's no question that the government needs to recoup um, what's owed to them in taxes. But one of the reasons I have wholesaling, well, let's say title search uh, segment of my course, one of the reasons we spend so much time there is because so much information comes out of it. Um, You can determine whether you want a wholesale property, whether you want to buy and hold property, whether you want to flip property, how you do that, the length of time you hold on to something before um, you know it's time to sell. It we cover that so much in that segment there that we kind of remain there. But one of the reasons title searches, the title whole title search aspect of that and the chain of title is important to know because that is a barometer by which your investments are determined and are considered as whether they're safe or not. It's a historical record of property ownership, helping the investor confirm legal ownership of the property to identify potential issues and assess the property's marketability. It proves that the property has a clear and unencumbered title. So, one of the students, and, you know, I, I wasn't going to deal with this in the course, but I'm glad we, uh, this came up last night. So, they wanted to meet someplace close to us uh, so that we can have some coffee and talk about this particular thing face-to-face. They wanted to understand some things about chain of title, and I'm glad they asked. I did plan on uh, doing a segment about this, and I'll include it here and a few other places on the on the podcast because it proved to me that they've been listening and that they've been paying attention. <clears throat> so it's not uncommon for all of us to know people whose families own property that's dated back to the, let's say, 1800s, especially in the minority or black population. And I say 1800s for black people because uh, they were, you know, uh, black slaves were emancipated in the 1800s, 1860s, 
and they were uh, allowed to own land uh, a little bit, maybe I think around around 10, 10 years after that somewhere. I've got my notes. I got stuff all over my desk. I'm on another writing on another ebook and 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 getting prepared for a speaking um, uh, for a speaking uh, engagement. <clears throat> but um, it was around 1870, 1860s, 1870s somewhere where black people were first allowed by the Constitution to own land. We'll get we'll get to that later. And so we all know people. So when we say chain of title and we're looking at chain of title, it's interesting to a lot of people. Some people want to go all the way back to the beginning on a property to kind of look at the names and see how the events of the title were, see the language that was used back then on deeds and 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 um, uh, where property was financed and how property was purchased and what came with the property and things like that. It's, uh, you know, it just, it, it, it tells so much about a property and a family. Now, one thing that I make perfectly clear to my students or anyone who's wanting to take these classes is that black people in this country have had their generational wealth stolen. That's a fact. It's no debating that. And if a person doesn't believe that as fact, then this, I can't help you. The course is not for you. Because, see, we're not going to have the courses intertwined with statements. Some people, they're well-meaning because they don't know any better. You know, why, why, you know, they think they're here because black people don't pay taxes. And so I have to illustrate why that's not true. Okay? So, let's understand this. The U.S. severed political ties with Great Britain because they wanted independence. Shortly after that was done, and through the course of time when, 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 when white people bought land, because remember, black people could own land at that time in the 1700s, um, so when white people didn't pay their taxes, the government had its way of recouping uh, money that's uh, owed to them um, by selling tax, their, you know, the taxes to someone else. Now, the system was, was a little different than it is today. It was really disorganized. It was kind of um, just kind of people doing whatever they wanted to do. I think they were kind of making the laws as they went along. We have to understand the difference between 1776 and now and all the amendments and all this and that to the Constitution and all of the changes, but I'm just kind of trying to, uh, you know, kind of give you an idea of how that was, but that still was a thing. Of course, when black people could start owning property. So what did we do in this country? What did the people do in this country? Because the first cases of taxes were, like I said, around the eight, you know, 1700s. But um, after black people were permitted to buy land in this country, all over the United States, and especially in the South, people, governments mobilized to take it from them, came up with figuring out how to do that. And one of the ways they did it, there were lots of ways they did it, was restrict the movements and to police black bodies. So we got pig laws, we got 
all these cases, that all these things that we're going to eventually talk about, all of them on this podcast, and how um, black people were not really able to progress in this country um, because of the laws. First of all, people didn't like the laws that made them made black people free, so they immediately started their own state city crap in order to uh, police and watch and restrict black bodies and black movements. So those things, when people purchase property, they purchase property with the idea of having generational wealth. So again, we all know someone who may have owned property um, back in the 1800s, maybe even beyond that. Some property is just, has just been owned by one family, believe it or not. Some property has been owned by just a few people. And a lot of those people, they knew each other. They were neighbors. They were friends. You know, that type of thing. But what does generational wealth have to do with it? Well, a lot. It, it, it rests on that. General, generational wealth refers to assets, resources, financial advantages passed down within a family from one generation to the next. So the concept of it is to emphasize the long-term accumulation and preservation of wealth. The goal is to provide financial stability and opportunities, you know, for future generations. So I would like to have some of uh, resources from some of the property that was stolen uh, that belonged to my ancestors. I would love to have some of that, but I have to work for a living. I have to, um, I have to have several, had to have several businesses, good jobs, several businesses. When my daughter started uh, uh, growing up and had to really, really get involved in in their educational. Um, uh, everything that was going on education-wise with them, I had to, you know, quit primary jobs and have three or four side hustles going on. I may have still been able to buy the things that people could buy, but I was tired. While people were, uh, other people were uh, vacationing uh, in the Riviera, I was trying to get a nap uh, so that I can start over the next day. I didn't have the luxury of having that generational wealth that when my people bought property in the 1800s. Um, so, here was the question, because they didn't forget about the fact that chain of title means we go all the way back to the beginning of a property. In Texas, I'm just gonna deal with Texas right now. In Texas, many courthouses were burned down over the years oftentimes resulting in the destruction of documents they stored. Now, remember that any legal event needs to be recorded to be considered legal. When you record something, it's it's putting the public on notice that this thing is a thing. So if I buy property and the deed is recorded, it lets someone else know Oh, she purchased that property. It's public record. 
That's where public records were, dis- were, were stored. Okay. Um, if you Google to, uh, today how the acts of arson affect property chains of title, you'll see. Just use those words. How arson affected property and the changes of and the chains of title it would probably say that you would have to rely on legal procedures to reconstruct and verify ownership history but there's another problem in the 1800s when all of these most in the early 1900s um, I think we researched about 30 so far we haven't even finished just in the state of Texas and these are the ones that people wrote about or people knew about. These aren't the ones that people want to admit to. Okay? What, what What's wrong about, troubling about, relying on reconstructing and verifying ownership history is that people had to swear to and attest to those facts. Okay? Now, remember, black people weren't considered human back then. They had no rights. They had no rights. The 14th Amendment is what made, you know, uh, uh, made, you know, made them citizens way after the fact. Naturalized or born, you know, you're a citizen and, and you're supposed to be protected, blah, 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 blah. Well, we know that doesn't happen, even today. So why were courthouses targeted? For various reasons, political motives, civil unrest, attempts to destroy legal records and evidence. But attacks on courtroom courthouses were aimed to disrupt the social order or to erase specific historical records. And there you go with who knows how many acres of land being lost by that reason for black people because they didn't couldn't know if, if you couldn't find a white person to vouch for you all your hard work on all your land that was it that was gone the people could claim reclaim property they had sold to you because no one would have believed you anyway if you were black how do i know all of this because i research and i can read And not only can I read, I can read with an understanding of things. I'm not just reading words. So this is for the people who always want to know from me, why don't black people just pay their taxes and we wouldn't be here? Because you want, you don't want to know the truth. Okay? But as more people work to erase history, black history, the more you're going to find black history as it relates to this type of thing on this podcast. And I have talked to hundreds of my friends about doing the same. You when was the last time y'all knew y'all could stop uh, uh, black women from uh, not doing anything if that's what they wanted to do? Y'all know, people know better than that. Anyway, it's not what I'm saying. It's what's written. But here's the caveat. After the courthouse were burned down in those towns, guess what happened next? 
They headed straight to the black parts of town and started lynching black folk over there. So when people say things like, oh, why don't you teach our history? I just did. I just taught your history. Now, you can go to, there's a Facebook group called Traces of Texas. If you want to research a little bit further and look at, they have a list of the different counties where they have record of courthouse arson. So someone asked me, oh, well, um, um, you know, how can that be? How can everything be destroyed? Um, Baby, they didn't have microfilm back then. And if they did have microfilm, microfilm can burn. We have stuff online now. And of course, after those fires, courthouses ended up with a system that could be backed up. And so that's why every county uh, that's been standing any length of time has an archives section. And so in Harris County, our archives section is in another location other than our current courthouse. But all counties should have an archive section for archive records, okay? So as soon as, okay, as soon as the courthouse was destroyed, they headed right on over to the black part of town and lynched members of the black community, okay? So again, I didn't say it. Go to Traces of Texas on Facebook. Just start there. And then research if you're interested in knowing what's real and the real deal and how um, we, you know, uh, black people have lost so much generational wealth. We can't compete with Zillow. We can't compete with our banks. We can't compete with our government. We can't compete with eminent domain. We can't compete with um, uh, 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 blockbusting. We can't compete with all of those things that are meant to hold us back. So what we have to do is be strategic and watch our legislature and make sure they don't pull tricks on us because the government is in the middle of all of this. I mean, how do you burn down courthouses? Where was the Wild Wild West Sheriff? They have to deputize. They deputize these criminals. They actually deputize these criminals when it came to doing other violent acts and made them feel emboldened to do it. Some of these people didn't even have shoes. But they were deputized to to, uh, perform criminal acts. Anyway, um, our property owned by black people, especially in the South, cannot be traced as far back, chain of titles. So our titles were attested to, which ones that did escape had to be attested to by... uh, some, you know, kind and supportive person who uh, didn't look like them or they had to start over. That's what we spent our life doing, starting over. Anyway, that's it on this one. Look for a few more similar to this coming up this um, um, Martin Luther King uh, Day uh, weekend. Uh, I'm going to be working from home. 
getting a lot of uh, uh, information out. Uh, if you have any questions about anything that we've got going on, contact me at info at the tax lien strategist.com. Talk to you soon.